Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. Recruiting Animal here on October 7th. 2015, October 7, 2015. You know, I took a lot of flack this week for a very short posting that I put on Facebook, and it was called, Are Corporate Recruiters Dumb? All I did was point out two things. Number one, a recent guest on this show told us that 40%, of the recruiters she sees in high-profile companies that she's working in as a consultant, they don't know what sourcing is. They think it's sorting resumes. That's what she said. Second point, recently I saw a big thought leader, a universally recognized thought leader tell the glass door summit and you know glassdoor is really hot and cool lately she told their summit that 50 percent of recruiters five zero percent of corporate recruiters don't know what their employment brand is you know and articles about employment branding have been appearing in my twitter feed every single day for the past five years so i was a bit surprised to hear that and i wondered out loud you know what it meant about corporate recruiters the first response i got just said that hey a lot of agency <laughs> sorry a lot of agency recruiters are dumb too in other words you're just as dumb as me and hey i won't argue about that but then there were other people who said animal i'm not dumb just look at all the fantastic things i do Okay, but my sources didn't say that everybody was dumb or ignorant, just a large minority, right? Other people argued that sourcing and branding, they aren't important issues. If you're with a company that gets a lot of applicants, what do you need to know about sourcing for, eh? I mean, (laughs) they don't. Okay, fine. Anyway, I'll go through just a few more. Other people said that in a large organization, recruiters have to work so many job orders that they don't have time to stay well informed. They're being let down by their management. And a whole bunch of people accused me of posting garbage. That was their response. It didn't matter to them that two reliable consultants said that a large minority of recruiters were unaware of commonplace ideas. Sorry, I can't help but laugh. Actually, here's the funny thing. One of my own sources, the super thought leader, she got mad at me as well. She said that she didn't accuse recruiters of being ignorant or dumb. She just told them that if they don't know what their corporate brand is, they shouldn't feel bad because they're not alone. 50% of recruiters don't know. And I see her point. If you're delivering bad news (laughs) to your customers, why not do it with a smiley face, right? But this isn't a show with a smiley face. It's a show with a laughing face. And Jerry, Jerry, can you tell us what show is this? 
the recruiting animal show. Thank you, Animal. And let me say, thank you for having me as a regular sidekick on the show. I know that it's not technically half my show, but people feel like it is. And I just wanted to say thank you for letting me do what I do. Uh-huh. It's exactly. my one part of my week where I get to talk to real people. Uh-huh. Okay. It's great. Yeah, we are real here, Jerry. We're real. That's what get everybody real. has to know. Get real with it. Yeah. The people were giving me a hate on yesterday all over Oh, uh, you deserved Facebook. it, dude. You can't say that stuff, man. You just can't. What are you you you're turning into like a tabloid deal over there, man? Really? I mean, pretty soon you're going to be showing pictures of two-headed uh, ponies and stuff and different circus clowns. And I mean, I, it Don't doesn't make sense to me anymore. The direction, the direction you've chosen is bad. Okay, great. Okay. But I'm going to do the same thing on this show. Hmm. Yeah, and yep. even though Alejandro is a Marine, he's not going to sing. Am I right about that? I, I don't have enough dopamine. Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> dopamine sounds like something that an idiot would have in their brain. Dopamine. Okay, Amy, you and me, and maybe Maureen, okay? One, right, two, three. Do, do, do. Come on, Amy. Come on, Amy. Amy, just introduce yourself. Stop. Stop. Spare me, okay? I never said that before. Okay, you know, you've got a baby face. I, I don't know if anybody's looking at the uh, website at uh, on uh, recruitingshow.com, but you have a little uh, a young man's, very young man's face. Has that been good for you or bad for you in business? <laughs> uh, hmm. I guess good and bad. I don't know. Nobody uh, comments as I get older, it? maybe it's better. Nobody, like, you know, well, Bill Gates had a, he looked like a little kid when he was first in business as well. It didn't seem to hold him back, but everybody remarked on it. Does anyone mention that to you? No, you're you're the no? first as of late. I, I think it's important to specialize. I, I really do. And and as a headhunter, you need to really know, you know, pick pick a function, pick an industry, and, and own it and learn everything about it. Go to every conference, read every blog. You know, you need to learn just as much about the – the functional roles you're filling as, as you know, how to be a better recruiter. Jerry has gone on many times telling us that you cannot tell someone on a cold call who your client is. That's bad. Of course. Okay? Of course. You don't call up and say, hey, I'm, uh, I'm recruiting for GM in Southfield, Michigan. They need an engineer. Are you interested? Are you no, I'm saying you don't call right? up somebody and say, I'm recruiting for GM in Southfield. You don't do that. Yeah. Now, once once you're into the conversation and they're like, "Yeah, that sounds pretty good." Uh, yeah, who who is it? I go ahead and tell them. Yeah. They're not gonna yeah. they're not gonna be prepared to find the hiring manager and connect with them. They know that you're the way in. First story you placed you placed you, the, your client's brother. <laughs> That's a great story. You placed your client. You had a, a, a job order and you placed the guy's own brother-in-law with him and got paid for it, right? Hmm. I did. 
Uh, then, well, you, you, you know what? You know, whenever you phone a client and they, you put forward a candidate and say, "Oh, yeah, we know that candidate already. Don't bother with him; he's covered." And sometimes you believe them, sometimes you don't believe them. Uh, but in this instance, I, I, I spoke to the candidate about this design engineer job, uh, and he loved the sound of the job. Uh, but when I told him the company, he said, "Hold on a second, that's my brother-in-law's company. I go for go- play golf with him every Saturday morning." Uh, I, I wouldn't want to go for that job, but you know, what if I don't get it? What if he doesn't want me? Any number of things. So you know, don't put me forward. And I said, well, look, is it a great job or not? If it's a great job, it's a great company. I wouldn't mind working there, but I definitely would not want to be rejected from there. Uh, so I said, well, let me speak to the company, and uh, without saying your name, asking principal, would they want to talk about it? So I spoke to the employer and said, look, I've got this guy up front. You know who he is, uh, but no way is he going to apply for this job otherwise. Uh, but he's very interested, and I think he's bang on. I think he's perfect. Uh, but I won't tell you until you say, okay, I'll pay your fee. So after a bit of back and forward, he's, he's, you know, he's, he's trying to think who it is. He said, okay, right, tell me who it is. And I said, well, you're not going to believe it. It's your brother-in-law. And after he started kicking himself, he said, oh, for crying out loud, uh, why didn't he just say? And I said, well, you know, it would be awkward. Would you, would you have considered him for the job and he said well no I wouldn't because I'm married to his sister and you know that, that's kind of awkward and I said well how about if he's good for the job and actually they both used to work in the comp- another company years before which is how they knew each other how about one of your colleagues interviews him and if he gets the job great and if he doesn't then you never speak of it again that's what we did uh, the guy got the job I got the fee I gave him a bit of a discount and uh, everyone was happy the wall starts shaking the earth was squeaking, my mind was aching, and we were making it you. Shook me up all night long. Shook me up Shook me all night Jerry's betrayed us. I mean, he was singing for me before before we got on the air. He can do this like the guy from the group. Yeah, but only in a only in a, a controlled studio environment. That's not true. You did it on the phone. I'd like to say something about um, the fear factor. Going back to that, Pam brought up something before when we were talking about guilt. Where does all this guilt come from? And a lot of people have the mistaken idea that you have to call up and you have to lie to get names. You don't. It's not what you say, it's how you say it. And there are ways to approach gatekeepers, and you've seen me writing a lot on it lately. There are ways to approach gatekeepers that will elicit information. Um, you don't have to lie. You don't have to ruse. And But there's a mistaken concept in the industry that that is what it takes, and it doesn't. It doesn't. So I think that's where some of the, the fear and the guilt comes from, because they think they're going to be asked to call up and, and lie to get information. It's it's just not true. I hope Martin's not listening because I wouldn't pay to support <laughs> this kind of crap. Hey, Jim. Um, Jim. I'm here. I'm Jim, Nancy, yes, sir. Nancy, Nancy, your, Jim, Jim raises a good point. You know what? Um, hold uh, you know, on a second. No, no, no not, not hold on a second. I'm answering I'll Jim's you, question. I'll You'll want me? You. No, I thought you, you said you'd blow me. What was that? I got to do an ad. You wait. Fine, do an ad. <laughs> My God! Now look, everybody. You know, in recruiting, everyone is always talking about niches. Just like I said, 
in the introduction. And, you know, maybe you Americans don't know what a niche is. You call them niches. I'm always scolded for speaking properly on this show, okay? So everyone's always talking about these niches. Oh, you have to have a specialization, they say. Oh, the generalists, they're all losers. But you know what? I don't think so. Why don't those guys with niches admit that if you specialize in a field, a lot of companies in it are going to be your clients and you can't recruit from them, whereas a generalist can come in, recruit from anyone. And the same hey, thing hey, Animal, can, Adam, I, what, can what I jump in here just real quick? Wait a wait, I, what is he talking okay? about? And does anyone have any, any idea? Do you see the brilliance of this man? He is tying in his product sponsorship stuff with his monologue from earlier. Well, I hope yeah. I hope his product. It's amazing! It's amazing! It, I mean, look, I, I am I I I'm clearly I'm, I'm just being paid for. Okay, the, the animal. This is fantastic. Don't well, let me interrupt you. Now that you don't let me interrupt you. And during I still, week, I, 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 I still have to finish answer Jim's question. So let me one, get like my answer. Jim, who? Okay. Durbin. Just let mm. me finish. Jim Durbin. Okay, fine, animal, go finish. Fine, fine, now, fine. We're talking about niches, and the same thing is true in recruiting software. By the way, I, 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 in Monty Python and the Holy Shut Grail, up! they talked about niches. Shut Didn't up! they the knights who say niche? Quiet! Isn't that what they said? Quiet! Okay. So, I sorry, I can't. Sorry. Sorry. Hey, I, I, I want to stop paying for this show out of my own pocket, because that's what I've been doing for years on end. I want Martin Snyder. Yeah, Martin Snyder's going to pay for this. Marty, 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 Marty. So let me finish. Maybe, now, maybe we can get tech systems or Aerotech. Let me finish the ad. Let me finish the ad, okay? Okay, fine. Don't get huffy. <laughs> and the same thing is true about recruiting software. There's software that specializes in direct recruiting, and there's software that specializes in staffing, and there's software that specializes in executive search. But there's one software that's good for every kind of recruiting, and that's PC Recruiter. If you want to check it out, Go to PCRecruiter.com. They've got 3,000 clients around the world. You know why? Because they're for everybody. They're inclusive. And they have the smartest CEO on the planet. Don't forget that. Snyder, the boss at Main Sequence Technology. Do they just let you say whatever you want in the ads? Aaron thinks that a lot of recruiters are being bamboozled. The people are telling them they need stuff like Pinterest pages and stuff when they really don't. Is that true? And the reason Aaron says, he says, because a bunch of recruiters who don't know anything about digital marketing get this thrown on their plate and they screw up, essentially. They're like dumb bunnies just off the turnip truck and, and there's some hustlers. Oh, man, I'm going to tell you about the future. And they sell them a bunch of stuff they don't need. Is that true, Aaron? Yes, I think so. I think that that it's easy for for a when a company says, and we're not talking about third-party recruiters, I'm talking about uh, a company that that already has some recruiters that say we need a, a social media exposure, we need we need something an employer brand, and those are the buzzwords that are out right now. And I had a, a woman come up to me uh, at, at a conference I was at last week and said, someone asked why, and it was for a big company, and said, why did you start your Facebook? And she goes, because my boss told me to. And this is a woman who has been a recruiter her whole life who doesn't have any exposure in that, and so. Um, they had to start from scratch. And the, what, you, what you do and what's typical is you look and see what is everyone else doing? Well, I guess I should be doing that. And that's, I think that's, that's something that we should really talk about and have a discussion about because it's not always best. Okay. What is best? 
and that was, my point was that if you don't have a clear strategy and you are, are having a good what idea, what is a clear what, strategy? What is a clear strategy? How do you create a clear strategy and try to be succinct? I mean, I don't want a lecture. Okay, so I I want a me, tip. So I'll say my clear strategy is this: I want to create content that is about our employees and hopefully from our employees that when a candidate comes and checks us out, it tries to be as real as possible, um, knowing that it's not going to be 100% real or authentic, but that, that it gives an idea of what the culture, what, the, what it is like to work there. That is the strategy. And by doing that, hopefully can help recruiters close candidates. I got to ask you, so you were in radio before you started doing all that? I'm a headhunter. I knew you wouldn't look up anything about us. You don't did, know anything about the people on this show. Shame on you. Just, your friend just said that you were. So is he a liar? I never heard anybody say that. And secondly, Animal has no friends, thus disproving <laughs> your statement. <laughs> I'm a headhunter. We're all headhunters. We're That's all amateurs. Concerned, no, no, I, I said told. Jerry was Jerry was in a rock band. 20 years ago, before he became a recruiter, okay? He's a talented man, and I used him as an example. He's a witty, opinionated, uh, good communicator. Now you're kind of backtracking here. I'm not Mm. backtracking. You misunderstood. I'll take responsibility for not giving the whole picture, but I never, ever said he was in radio. I said he was a performer. I'm asking you. I'm, I'm not you. a performer. You have never I had, have you've no never professional had... experience. Okay, because, yeah, it, well, that explains a lot. <laughs> that means a lot. Okay, well, just insult me. Go ahead. I don't care. What's going on here? <laughs> I don't know. God. You said you had to recruit 100 consultants a week. How'd you do that? I mean, how many people worked on that project? A month. A month. It, it, it was every six weeks, and, and we had probably about uh, 15 guys we we spent you know gazillions of dollars advertising and it was pretty much just stampede recruiting. We, we just jammed people through through um, you know interviews and and filled seats. So it was one of those deals where you're, you're you've got to fill the seat because the consult the the training program was paid for. And uh, mm-hmm. so if you missed a few times, no big deal. You filled the seat and 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 uh, those that that made it through the program stuck. And we just had to fill it every six weeks. So you didn't really – I just want to – so that, that's stampede recruiting. That's like a new term for me. And and you yeah. didn't really, you know, qualify these guys. If they just had some kind of basics and they could walk and talk, you hired them. Is that right? No, well, we, we, we qualify. We qualify. But you get down to uh, two weeks before the training started, and you just start yeah. lining – you know, who, who can we make offers to today to fill the seat? And and you might take some risks on the guys that that didn't necessarily uh, you know meet the threshold. And what was the crash and burn rate like? Out of you know you're hiring that many people, how many worked out and how many didn't? Oh, I'd say probably about twenty percent fell out. Through, really, that's training. a high. That's a lot, yeah. Jerry. Wouldn't you say that's, so? Not really. Twenty percent failure rate. Yeah, I, huge. I, you know, it wasn't all at once, but yeah, twenty percent probably over the course of the first year. What's your title, dear? What's my my title, dear? Let's get with the patronizing straight away. Uh, I am. Oh, what's patronizing, dear? Dear, yeah, that's kind of patronizing. Honey. 
Yeah, any of that. But you, okay. you, you go with it. You know okay. what? I saw a guy on, on Facebook today. He's a, nice, he's a professional nice guy. I'm not kidding. That's his job. He's mm. like a motivational speaker. And he said he went into a store here in, in the Toronto area, and uh, the cashier called him Love. And he thought that was fantastic. And then she told him it's because <laughs> she's from England. So then he said, well, you know, my grandmother was from England, and she called me Ducky, and I just loved it. Okay? So here you are complaining that I called you dear, okay? You can call me Love. You can call me dear Ducky. I don't care. It's not, agree, it's agree. not condescending, think, okay? So basically, I love partying, and in my mid-twenties, I threw a bunch of massive free parties in London for about 5,000 people. Um, and got them sponsored by companies like Adobe and Microsoft and things like that. And I got to know loads of really cool people through that. And then basically from doing lovely work with people who we enjoy working with, we get a lot of referrals and recommendations from people of the same ilk. First of all, how did you get these companies to sponsor these big parties? Why? Why? What was in it for them? <laughs> Oh, they like they like my network. I've I've always been someone who's quite big into having a, a fun network of people that people like to hook into. Well, how did they it's, hook it's into? Did they bring their? Did they set up tables with recruiters there at your yeah, party? Yeah, no, oh no, I wouldn't let that happen. No, um, one of them brought along a company called the Big Chill, which is like this amazing festival we have um, over here, and so they set up a massive sound system and we had dancing, and that was you know put out as the thing that sounds that like that party they busted up in McKinney, Texas the other day. <laughs> Well, side note, I don't know if you got all that. I don't know about that one, Jerry, but I don't Check know. Check it what out. Was it, what was in it for Adobe? Like, why did they sponsor a party for 5,000 people? How Did did they get a mailing list from you or something? Yeah, sure. So, so there was a bunch of mailing. There was a bunch of tweeting. Um, they were really after looking into hooking into the designer community to make sure that they came over. How did they get into it? Did they get, like, a list from you? Is that what they yeah, were buying? Yeah, sure. So, no, okay. we don't sell information. Well, we didn't sell information like that. But when you signed up, it would say that you know you're going to hear from them at least twice, and then after that, you can unsubscribe if you like. So now, there, you, you, you need to recognize Animal can't even get enough people together for a game of cards. So this really <laughs> blows his mind when you can get five thousand people over there. It's like he can't picture it. So any help you can give him would be great. Okay, now you say Jack Welch and his buddies on his team, they would ask the candidate over and over again, like it was a police grilling, why did you leave your last position? Or why are you interested in making this move? And they'd do it just like policemen to find out if the person was going to give the same answer all the time or if they were just, you know, shooting the breeze. Do you do that? Yes. Look for, looking for consistency, absolutely important. So no no tell me how tell me a story where you've done that and it didn't work out. So you what do you actually say to the guy? Why do you want to leave this position? Yeah, why do why do you want to leave? What prompts you to look for something new? So okay. do you do you, uh, do, now, how do you get your candidates first of all? Do you ever call someone up out of the blue and then say, "Why are you looking?" and he says, "I'm not?" Yeah, absolutely. But you don't say why you're looking to somebody who's not looking that you call up. What do you say to him? So if, if they're not looking, are you open to look at anything new at this point? Are you open to listen to any new opportunities? So you ask just standard yes or no questions? I, I guess so. I never thought yeah, of it. Yeah, man. Uh, uh, open it up a little bit. You know what? It's my favorite answer when a hiring manager asks a candidate, why are you looking? And the candidate says, I wasn't. Mike called me. Yeah. So yep. Total compliment. Dale. Dale, are you with us on this? You don't ask a guy who's not looking why he's looking. You, you, what do you say to him? Why might this interest you or something like that? 
Yeah, well, would you be open to look at something new if we can get you a uh, bigger, okay, better, that's next biggest question. deal? Oh, that's, What's no. wrong? What can't a contingency recruiter do that you do? Most of them cannot afford to spend the time. Is you know, it necessary? It, is it necessary to spend that time? For the types of roles that I typically work on, yes. I don't think you can really match a CFO to a company, uh, you know, that they want this person to do this, this, and this and help them grow their business if you don't have the ability to spend two to three weeks really digging in and talking to people and getting referrals and, and investigating their backgrounds and talking about past successes. If you're worried about having your name appear on that resume and being the first one on the desk, you can't afford to spend that kind of time on that. Okay. Now, Alexander Levitt was on the show last week. There's a good version of the show if anybody wants to listen. We had problems. You couldn't hear us off and on during the show. She wrote a book, Success for Hire. The first chapter is about getting the job description. She says you have to talk to a million different people, all the stakeholders in the firm, etc. Sounds like you might be a person who actually does that. Is that true? That is true. I tell my clients if they will give me a desk in their building, I'll be happy to sit in it and talk to as many people as they'll let me because it's really about getting a feel for the culture because you have to have something to sell to the candidate. There has to be a reason why they should want to work there, and that doesn't come from the job description, and it often doesn't come from just a meeting with the hiring manager. You really need to get a tone and a pulse and what's cool and what's neat and what's good about working there, and you have to talk to people to find that out. And they actually, what percentage of your recruiters actually give you a desk in their company? Well, they don't. I mean, I've gone, I've flown places and spent two days in a client, you know, talking with anybody and everybody sitting in the boardroom, you know, just have them filter and in. Do you, do you ever conclude that it's not, there really aren't any great attractions in this firm? Uh, what I have learned is that although there may not, that job may not be the job I would want, it's the job for somebody. So my job is to find out what it is that I can sell to the particular individual, sell being a word in quotes, that I'm talking to that is a fit for what they're looking for. And okay. if it's not, then I don't try to sell them on it. Is this moron number one? Put moron number two on the phone. One last thing. I want to go into some general questions, but first, you know who Helen Mirren is? Yeah. That you know, sexy actress. older British, uh, British actress. She won an Oscar, yeah. right, last year for her role in The Queen. I was reading an interview with her, and she, she said at the party afterwards, she resisted eating anything, right? Finally, she got hungry. She had a hamburger, and the next day on the front pages, that's what it was, her shoving the hamburger in her mouth. <laughs> I, I don't know why she was eating like a sandwich that thick, but I saw it. It was, you know, pretty awful. Do you tell people, I don't know, first, you know, the next question, what's public relations? I don't know, but do you tell people not to eat in public? Because I, I tell people when they go to interviews, just drink the yeah. water. If they take you to lunch, don't eat anything. I, I know. I don't tell people not to eat in public unless they're about to get on a, a, a television show. <laughs> unless they're about to get on a news show. I, I... Now, uh, let, let me move on. Here's what I you dream. say. Yeah, a good culture with nice people is probably worth about $10,000 in cash compensation. I happen to agree with you, but how do you sell that to somebody? You know what? I'm not sure you can because I'm not sure I would buy into that anymore in this economy, right? You know, okay, it's a good culture. It's worth $10,000. I can't pay my mortgage with a good culture. 
Can I, you're a little too polite. You're not punk rock at all. I know you told oh. me everybody says it to you, but you're not punk rock, okay? Oh, I don't know where you came up with that. Animal. You know, Jerry's going to start a new show. What's it called, Jerry? New blog? Classic, classic rock HR? Classic yeah. rock oh. HR. <laughs> okay, you know what? I'll move on. I know, you know what? Somebody's got a better topic than I've got. Please, you know, let me know. Not the guy who's eating his lunch. Making all that stupid noise. Let me just block a few more people. Sorry, yeah, everybody. Now. Okay, look, I'm moving on. You know what? I was told don't let the peanut gallery take control. Actually, I think the peanut gallery, just so everybody who's complaining to me, I think they have a lot to say. I'm not the most knowledgeable host. I, I look to them to give me substance. The only thing I don't like is when they fight with each other so nobody can hear anything. But you guys, feel free to come forward with your ideas. I don't want to... Well, that last question was a good one. What do you want to be? I just did, and you told me to shut up. Okay, go ahead. I didn't find it interesting, but I'll... I'll I'm just wondering what Lori does now. I mean, why is that a bad question? (laughs) She's your guest. Lori, do me a favor. Can you pump it up a bit? You're the last person I thought I would have to say this to. I swear to God, I'm just in awe of the peanut gallery. That's what's going on. All right, so you want to know what I do now? Just raise your voice. You you have to come up to be uh, with it on this show. You can't just because you're on some other show. Okay, this is the recruiting animal show. How does take the anybody get on word and edgewise in this fucking show? That's yeah. what I'm saying. Oh, <laughs> yeah. No swearing. And, Maureen, oh. don't talk over me, okay, or anybody else. <laughs> okay, answer Jerry's question. What are you doing now? The ice is broken. What are you doing now? But is there anybody else who wants to say something? You don't have to be Jewish. It just happened that he comes from the Jewish religion. I said, I'm never going to talk about religion on the show, and I end up with this guy. So if anybody wants to say anything, they're welcome. You might, listen, you might want to call me rabbi instead of this guy. <laughs> Jeez, animal. Well, hold on. Uh, you, 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 come on, your specialist is a Puritan. It made me think of William Penn. He wouldn't take his hat off for anybody. They don't. They know Those guys didn't have respect for positional authority, did uh, they? I, uh, animal, I am taking my hat off for you as we speak. Okay, is that like calling me rabbi? Anyway, uh, Janice. Okay, what is your main message? What do you want to leave your listeners with? Hmm. That's such a good question, Janice. You know, I I, I don't know. I mean, I I think, you know, part of... He just called you rabbi, by the way. He just called you rabbi. Oh, animal, give me a break over here, all right? I mean, I think part of the the problem with, you know, my trying to get my message or messages across is I, I think, you know... Some things can't be diluted into a soundbite, and I think I think probably part of my message is really what I I said earlier is that we can have appreciation for difference and otherness and pluralism, and still be committed people. I mean, I, but I would suggest that I have different messages in, in different kinds of contexts and frameworks. And my book is about a whole lot of different kinds of things. It's you know what? Faith. You've got it's one about... big message. You've got one big message, and I'm going to tell everybody what it is now, and you can is, sort of. Is uh... going to help me sell books or not going to help me sell books? <laughs> we should mention your book. Although, Open you know, Toe, which is also you. available on Amazon in the U.S. for thirteen dollars. But go ahead. Ten dollars. Yeah. Oh, oh, you mean the hard copy? Okay. Yeah, hard copy. Um, yeah. But it's it's called. He is on Twitter. He's Om Torah. It sounds more like a Hindu uh, kind O-M-Tora, of thing. Open-minded Torah. Yeah. O M T O R. 
A H. Right. I've got all these career. I've got all these social media people. I mean, uh, career people, um, recruiters following, following you now. Yeah. Well, they might not after the show. To you it's, know, it's okay. I'll pop. <laughs> Trust me on that. Okay, so here's what was I? What was I going to say? Okay, now you say something uh, nice. You say uh, God wants all of you. Well, God wants all the the sort of the parts of you that you don't like or or whatever uh, to serve Him or to to be present. Um, and and uh, just let me look about your whole thing is you know is denying weakness. That's that's one of your fundamental ideas that we are have to deny weakness and that you want and and the the way to uh, God requires honesty about your desires even if they are for things which are forbidden. We are not scandalized by our desires to deny them leads to split personalities and mental illness. We make these things part of our service to God. We're allowed to be whole people, even if we're not allowed to do everything and act everything out. If we lie about our feelings, uh, you know, we're conformists. That's sort of what you're trying to say. We yeah. can deny our, our deliberate separateness. And um, anyway, so God wants the whole person. That's what you're saying. How do you how do you bring that whole uh, uh, that whole person out? Well, you know, that's a, I mean, you you call you know it's like Bill and Billy and William and Zev, it's and and, and Velvo, all my different names. I mean, we're hybrid personalities, and a lot of we bring have a lot of energies from a lot of places, and and I think a dangerous thing. And a lot of people who do what what one of what the jailhouse conversion is to say, you know what, that person who I used to be doesn't exist anymore. And I think that's a recipe for, for failure on a religious level, certainly on a psychological, on a personal level, that really the success will be is taking the parts of me, even that I might be slightly embarrassed about, and integrating them. Because if I don't, that part of me is going to come back and get me. How? How do you integrate? I've asked you lots of how questions. You know, you, you didn't know, tell I, me I how to know. make in, a cold in, call. In, in, you in didn't really tell me how to make a cold call. I thought that's the least thing you're going to do. I'm, and I'm, I'm saying, well, how do you integrate Listen, yourself? you know, you'll have, I can analyze a, for, a, a sonnet by, by, by Shakespeare. That, I, I don't make cold calls. That's your business. How do you okay, do it? Okay, well... No, I mean, but I, you talk endlessly, Bill. You talk endlessly about communication and yeah. relating to strangers and difference. And, and come on, I'm giving you a fantastic opportunity to say, you know, the no, uh, I, the I, religious I, I, significance, the religious guide to cold calls. You could sell a million books if you want to write a book like that. I'll write it with you. But you're just denying it every time I'm giving you a break. Here's here's an easy one for the for the masses. You believe in dreams. You say dreams come from the innermost thoughts of the heart. Dreams bring these thoughts into awareness. You want to talk about that a bit? Like, uh, why do you believe in dreams, significance of dreams? Well, I mean, dreams is, you know, the, the, the sages of the Talmud say when a dream comes, you have to answer it. So you have, you have, you have to, it's like a letter that you have to open up. I mean, there's a part of your soul, there's a part of your psyche that's speaking to you. And we are very tempted, I think, to ignore the message, not to open it. Maybe the message is too painful. Maybe the message is too embarrassing. But there are all sorts of ways in which we have to try to, the how is, how do I become an integrated personality? You know, I mean, you know, a lot of people become religious in my community. They're, they're, they're taking drugs, you know, listening to Led Zeppelin and doing a whole lot of other stuff. The religious life, as you said, doesn't incorporate all of that. It may incorporate still listening to Zeppelin. It may incorporate using all those energies, but in some kind of other framework. I mean, it means really acknowledging who I am and finding those energies and using them in a positive way. I mean, the worst thing that you can do is say, you know, I'm now going to be a good person. And being a good person means I have to abandon the person who I once was. Because once I do that, I'm, I'm again, I'm abandoning who I am. So the how is being honest about what my desires are. 
Did I answer your question, Adam, or I lost you someplace? Uh, that was, you know what? I, uh, that's my best sound clip for the show when I start cutting things up. The dude abides. I don't know about you, but I take comfort in that. It's good knowing he's out there. The dude taking her easy for all us sinners. Shush. I sure hope he makes the finals. Well, that about does her. Wraps her all up. Things seem to have worked out pretty good for the dude and Walter. And it was a pretty good story, don't you think? Made me laugh to beat the band. Okay, you weren't. That's that's an interesting thing. I wish we could have had time to get into it later, but that's it. So I want to thank everybody, Jerry, Maureen, Jim Durbin, Michael Cox, uh, Thanks, Phil, Jim. Philip Marks, all the way from England. Thanks, Jeff. And most of all, Jesse James Roberts, our guest for today. Thank you! Okay, but the show itself, I just... Same old thing. I, as a recruiter, there's there's nothing I'm going to now take to my desk, and I am in a state of constant listening, learning, and applying. That's oh, my thing. Don't be so I got nothing from this show. I'm not going to do anything good. new. That's what I'm looking for in my learning phase of my career. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.